Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Listen to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. All right, my guest this week is Scoopy. Scoop, I ask my guest every week for a hot take. I need a hot take from you, man. What's your hot take for the week? If the Lakers win the whole thing this year, I'd like to see them build a LeBron James statue next to Magic Johnson. <laughs> After one championship. Yeah, I did it just to get on the list. And did it work? Yeah. People were like, the hell is wrong with you? What a, uh, you ever heard of a guy named Kobe? After one championship, I mean, man, like Lakers fans, I, I love them. I hate them at the same time. They love me. They hate me. It's a love-hate relationship. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. The Raptors force a Game 7. Are we on a collision course for an all-LA Western Conference Finals? And my guest and I go pole dancing, hit NBA Twitter to see if there's any truth behind these coaching rumors. Listen, if you want, you can follow The Dime on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Dime NBA. I'm Josh Rodriguez, at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review saying how much you love the show. You can also call into The Dime hotline, 805 826 3463. That's 805 826 3463. Drop a hot take, drop a comment, drop a question. The hotline has been lit for the past few weeks. I'm happy about that. Let's keep it going, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get into the show, though, I have to introduce you to my guest. He is an NBA insider, a senior writer for Heavy.com, and is the host of Heavy with Scoop B. Everybody, please welcome to the dime for the second time, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. What's going on, man? Man, I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, so I got a dime already with you. I just got to have a nickel, and I'm good. Listen, you can have your own podcast called The Nickel. 
fickle and it could happen. That's it's just the easy way to do it. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? There you go. There you go. Buddy, it's been a long time. I think the last time I had you was like a year or so ago, maybe more than that. We kind of grew up in the same neighborhood. I know we have some mutual friends, which is very interesting. They're probably very happy that we are doing this podcast together. Let everybody know who you are, what you do, where they can find you, all that good stuff. I'm a guy that sits at home all day and writes, but seriously, I am a senior writer. I'm, I'm Brandon. I'm Katrina's son. I'm Bernard's son. I'm a senior writer at Heavy.com. I host a podcast called Scoopy Radio, but I also host a, a digital show called Heavy Live with Scoopy. We just started it um, last month, and we've had anyone from uh, Stefan Marbury to Antoine Walker to Marshall Falk. Uh, we have Michael Red on uh, by the time you hear this broadcast. Uh, we'll have him on. We got some surprise guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, but. Yeah, man. Um, I've been in the industry since I was 12. Uh, I had a radio show with the Nets as a kid. So I came up in the 90s literally with sharing locker room space uh, and elbow space with Woj, Chris Broussard, Stephen A. Smith. I'm not new. I'm just young. I'm younger than those guys. You know, Twitter loves and hates me based upon what I hear about <laughs> news. But hey, man, I, I, I couldn't pick a better uh, career in the world than the right to talk my smack on Twitter, but at the same time, enjoy what I do. You know, they say where there's great, there's hate, man. And if you don't have any haters, you're doing something wrong. That's just facts. Right. So facts. keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. Let's get into the program first. Let's go pole dancing. You know you want it. It's time to go pole dancing. Get your mind out the gutter. We're talking about Twitter polls. My goodness. Uh-oh. All right, Scoop, it's time to go pole dancing. I've conducted three polls on my Twitter page, at the Dime NBA, and we're going to go over those results and discuss our opinions on them. First question of the poll. Over under 2.5 titles for Luka Doncic. Over came in at 61.1%, and the under came in at 38.9%. So most of my Twitter followers believe that Luka will have over two and a half titles during his career. Scoop. What do you say? I can see it. I'm no hater. Um, I do think that the, that the Mavericks are missing a couple of things, uh, namely a, a veteran uh, alongside Luca and a healthy Kristaps uh, Porzingis. I think the Porzingis part would be interesting. And he's not been healthy since he left the Knicks and the Dallas a little banged up. So do you go out and find a way to bring in a Giannis Antetokounmpo? Do you bring in a Chris Paul? What do you do? I go maybe two, not two and a half. So you're taking um, slightly uh, under. Yeah, as it stands right now. Yeah, I think you see stars like LeBron getting uh, older. I, I think Luka is going to be the next wave, and I think he's going to lead that next wave. So I think for a little bit, Luka is going to be the best player in the league. Therefore, I'm going over. I could see him getting maybe three. Slightly over, though, because it's hard to get championships. Not everybody. It's not always the best player wins the championships. You need you need a team. No. You need the right management. You need to stay healthy. A lot has to go in for you to win a championship, and it's tough. But I do chemistry. Think, yeah, chemistry is another thing. It's There's so many different things. Coaching. You know, someone like LeBron gets a lot of flack because of the lack of rings he has, but a lot of it has to do with circumstance and context and injuries and health and coaching and general management. So, you know, he is with the Mavericks, which is a solid organization. Rick Carlisle is a solid coach. I'm going to say three if I had to guess. I'm going slightly over. I agree with my Twitter followers. Question number two. Is it time for the Bucks to move on from Budenholzer? 75% said yes. 25% said no. Scoop, I know that you got the insight on a lot of these things. What do you think the Bucks should do? I think they should keep them. Really? Why? The Bucks have had this weird way of progression, right? So when you look at first place teams, that's not always indicative of winning a championship. To me, it's an issue with players adjusting in the moment. And I think that this moment right here 
showed you Giannis has a lot of growing to do in his game, in his shot selection, and his ability to lead. And I think this also showed you why Chris Middleton is important to that team, despite the fact that the Bucks lost. I don't think the coaching has anything to do with that. I think that has to do with players looking in the mirror. And I think that Budenholzer should be given one more go. Sometimes it's not coaching. Sometimes it's, 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 it's little things that have to do with player personnel. So as it relates to Budenholzer, no, I don't think he should go. That is a solid case for him to stay, I'm not going to lie. I think the case against it would be that this is the second year in a row he kind of seemed outcoached by his opponent. I mean, Spolstra seemed to take him to the woodshed this year. It's not really fair to say that. I understand what you're saying, that other things have to do with why you lose. I think Giannis does need to develop some other components to his game. But at the same time, it is kind of alarming. Two straight years, you kind of underachieve in the playoffs, despite having a very successful regular season. You know, the question is, do you think you can have that successful regular season with another coach who can then put you over the top? And I don't know if there's anyone out there on the market that could actually do that. You look at coaches that not coaching a team. You look at Kenny Atkinson. I don't really think he fits that team. You look at Mark Jackson. I think he's a guy that would fit that team, but there are a lot of front office people that are very funny on Mark Jackson. I think you look at Budenholzer, I think he carried over the torch uh, post-Jason Kidd in a way Jason Kidd did not accomplish. But I also think Jason Kidd was in a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr type situation. Budenholzer took that team to the next level, and we're waiting for that next level. All right, well, here we go. Question number three. Are the Heat the favorites to make it out of the East? 43.9 said yes, but no comes in with 56.1. So right now, my Twitter followers do not believe the Heat are the favorites to make it out of the East. Now, the Raptors and Celtics just played a game six. The Raptors won forcing a game seven. But basically, this is saying the winner of that series would be the favorite over the Heat. Do you agree with that? I think that the Celtics and the Raptors are both good teams. I literally wrote an article last night um, discussing the potential uh, of a, a Celtics-Lakers uh, rivalry game. And we won't know that until we see the game seven between the Raptors and the Celtics. But here's the thing. As much as I can write an article about that because it's a tied series currently, here's what I do say. Rick Flair said it best to be the champ. Woo! You got to beat the champ. <laughs> the Raptors are still the world champions. And they've done it convincingly without Kawhi Leonard. When you look at the Raptors, Kyle Lowry has played exceedingly and abundantly well. Listen, man, I think that a Raptors heat matchup would be cool because you're going against a champion that's had experience in the Raptors who have really prepared themselves. You know, even before teams went to the bubble, they were in Naples, if I'm not mistaken, practicing. You look at the Celtics, they're still a young team. You know, when I look at the Miami Heat, I, what I like about them is they are an underdog and in every sense of the word underdog. I mean, you got um, you got to get credit to Jimmy Butler. People laugh at him in Philadelphia when he decided to leave the Sixers and, and not sign with the Sixers and go uh, to Miami. And people laugh. But, you know, throughout the course of the season, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, uh, all those guys, Andre Iguodala, you know, was brought in at the trading, by the trading deadline and, you know, has, has offered that veteran leadership. There's just a lot of veteran leadership on these young teams. I like Miami. I think it's too close to call right now. Yeah, I, I think it's too close to call, too. I personally like whoever makes it out of the Raptors-Celtics series, but I can see anybody winning the East right now. I said it when this round started. I thought that you can make a case for either four of the teams making it to the finals. I think the East is really that close. I'm just hoping for a good series, man. <laughs> I just want to see some good basketball. I want to see it go seven. I want to see buzzer beaters. I want to see close games. We're getting that right now with the Celtics and the Raptors, so let's shift over to that. 
Listen, the Raptors force a game seven. Kyle Lowry coming up huge, man. I still think he's a little underrated by some people. It's kind of a travesty. This man is a champion. He's coming up big for the Raptors. They lose Kawhi Leonard, and somehow, some way, they still make it this far into the playoffs. What do you see Scoop in Lowry's game that impresses you, and, and why do you think he's so underrated? Um, because he's not a swing man. And I think that oftentimes in football, the wide receiver, the quarterback, the running back position are often, you know, the face of that franchise. But to be honest with you, I think when you look at the best rappers to ever play, Lowry is still in that conversation with the Vince Carters, the Kawhi Leonard's. But I think he's overlooked because he's not Kawhi or Vince Carter. He doesn't have that exciting appeal to him either. I mean, not that Kawhi has that appeal to him, but Vince Carter, I mean, you can just throw on a highlight tape and gush over it, where Kyle Lowry is just more like taking charges and hitting threes and nothing crazy. But he gets the job done. I think he had this reputation in the playoffs before for not coming through in the clutch. Took care of that last year. I think this year he's coming up huge. And he's a big reason why they forced a Game 7, hit the dagger at the end of the game. I look at the Raptors, they were a team that has excelled despite losing their star. You add in Rondé Hollis Jefferson. OG Adminobi has stepped up. Pascal Siakam lights out since the beginning of the season. Uh, I always make mention of this on any show that I've been on. I look at the Raptors when their first game of the season against the New Orleans Pelicans, and I looked at their ring ceremony, and I looked at the Pelicans looking at the Raptors and what they've had the ability to do. You could tell that the Pelicans want to be that organization one day, but that first game of the season, Pascal Siakam showed the world who he was in a way without right. Kawhi Leonard. And to be honest with you, um, when I look at Pascal Siakam, I've been saying this all season, he reminds me of Scottie Pippen when Michael Jordan retired the first time in Chicago. Almost identical stats. Now, will Siakam be like Pippen and lose in the semifinals in 1984 <laughs> against the New York Knicks? Right, in a we'll game see. seven. In a game seven. Yeah, I mean, we'll I mean but let's be, let's be fair, though. Like, Siakam really hasn't performed to his abilities, at least in this round. A lot of pressures being put on him and a lot of slanders being thrown his way. Now, I'm with you. I like Siakam's game. I think a lot of it is unwarranted. Do you think there's anything wrong with him, or do you just think that he's getting a bad rap for no reason? When you get paid all that money... And when your star is not Kawhi Leonard, you're next on the chopping block. Yeah. Comes with the territory. That's right. That's my antidote, doctor. <laughs> it is, man. All right. And the Celtics, listen, missed opportunity for them there. I really like the way they move the ball. I think they're a big man away from actually competing for a championship. I do think they can win the East. But who do you got? I'm, I'm going to ask you right now. Who do you got? Raptors, Celtics, Game 7. The Celtics. Celtics. Why so? You need some new blood. We need some new blood. We do. <laughs> You're right. The, 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 the Raptors won last year. Let some money new come in. Let some money young come in. Get them out. Um, why, not, why not put in the most yeah. successful team in the Eastern Conference history into the playoffs and into the finals? That's some new blood scoop. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you talk about a bubble in Orlando uh, or in Lakeland, Florida, rather, when you talk about Disney World, when right. you talk about ratings and you talk about losing a ton of money. Um, True. And you talk about world peace. What better <laughs> way to bring basketball people together than bring one of the most classic um, rivalries ever in the history of basketball between the Boston Celtics and the Lakers? Really, if the Lakers win a championship this year against the Celtics, that shuts a lot of people up about the whole bubble championship being a fluke. Yeah. It levels the playing field on how many championships. If I'm not mistaken, the Celtics have 17 championships all time. The Lakers have 16. Yep. So now you tie it up. Kobe Bryant is no longer living. You bring you bring that Disney storybook ending home. If the Lakers were to win it or the Celtics were to win it, you can literally tell the broadcaster after it's over, I'm going to Disney World, and you can walk right across the street and get on that roller coaster. <laughs> Dad on it, 
If that's ratings, I don't know what is. That's true. You literally could just walk outside and hit Magic Mountain. That's dope. I don't, I don't know about the world peace thing, though. I don't know if this is U.S. foreign policy type stuff because it's the Lakers win. I know a lot of people are going to be upset at that. I'm not going to lie. They are a pretty hated team in the league. What I really mean is just everything that's going on. Now, I, I think you. that where we are as a society, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, and just whoever's in the office, to, you know, just – Everything that's going on right now, I think for basketball purists, this would be a gift for everybody that's born in the house and in the house board. Well said, well said. Let's move on to the Lakers series. They're playing the Rockets up 2-1. I think this series is over. I know it's hard to say that a series is over after three games because it's as close as a series can be after three with the Lakers up 2-1, but I just can't see the way the Rockets actually defend the Lakers and take three more games from this series. Are you on the same boat as me, or do you think the Rockets have a chance? It feels like Blazers-Lakers all over again. Yeah. Yes, and answer to your question, yes. Now, if you were Mike D'Antoni, what type of adjustments would you make? Are there any adjustments that you could make? I mean, you pretty much have a small lineup. Covington got hit in the eye. I don't know what his what his availability is next game. Daniel House is missing because apparently— now, you can tell me this is true. you got to let me know if this scoop is real— there's a rumor he brought a girl into the bubble that's not his wife. Is that true? I mean, I figured you would know out of all people. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? That's not a scoop it's that you were on. No, that wasn't my report. And it's funny because me personally, I've been writing so much today. You sent me the rundown of the show. I've kind of been tuned out by what's <laughs> been going on today. Yeah. And so when you sent that to me, I kind of was like, wait, what? And I looked. Um, and I know that that was Wolder's report, and I haven't really looked into it. But what I can tell you about the bubble is and just having conversations with players that are in the bubble and just NBA officials and people that I know. You know, I know that this was something that was really in contention for players, that they wanted to bring significant others, wives, family, etc. I was talking to a particular uh, player uh, of high ranking who said to me, man, they got to bring the help in, or rather they got to bring the work in. And then, and then what I joke with them is said, yo, man, out of, out of maids, that really good looking at the, at the bubble? Have y'all ever thought of, of sneaking in the maids? You know, they, 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 <laughs> you know, I don't want to be graphic, but basketball is the focus. But, I mean, these guys uh, need an outlet, if you will. And uh, it, it, I think that the way hip-hop society, the way that they're glorified by fans and more, uh, I, I think some guys are a little backed up right now. So it sounds like a story that makes plausible sense. Um, but I don't have any intel on it at this point, no. All right. See, that's why I respect you, Scoop, because if you don't know something, you say you don't know something. It's not like you out there tweeting stuff that you don't know about and speculating. Like, you you mean what you say, and you mean what you tweet, and I respect that, man. Oh, I try, but you know, they try to tell me I have no sources. On this one, I actually have none because I haven't looked into it. All right, let's get to our last segment, NBA Twitter segment. Did you just? I can't believe. Yes. Yes, you really tweeted that out. NBA Twitter, you are undefeated. This is where I pull tweets from my Twitter feed, and we discuss it, we debate it, we acknowledge it, we do whatever we got to do. This week, it will be about head coaching rumors that you can confirm, deny, or speculate based off of what you've been hearing, Scoop. <laughs> All right, first, let's get into this tweet from Quab, a.k.a. Yes, a frequent guest on the dime. And he said, can you ask Scoop about the Steve Nash hire and expectations for the best team in New York moving forward? So that's a two-part question, Scoop. One, how did this all come about? Because it came out of nowhere. I'm sure you know how this happened. Happened. And two, what do you expect from the Nets next year? Steve Dash was somebody who was discussed um, back in the springtime. And I have to actually credit uh, Anthony Puccio over at Nets Daily because he tweeted about it months ago. Kind of looking into it, it's not far-fetched for this reason. Obviously, we do know that Nash and KD have a relationship dating back to the Warriors as it related to Nash being a consultant. 
Kyrie Irving and Steve Nash actually have a special bond in their own. Steve Nash is a part-time New York City resident, and Steve Nash would have these kickball tournaments in the city with celebrity NBA players and other celebrities at large. And Kyrie would participate in it. I think he's participated in it maybe two or three years. And I was with Kyrie when he participated in the first one in 2014. And we had lunch. Me and Kai had lunch. I had lunch with him and some of his friends. He just marveled and gushed about Nash. Like, he just, he has a respect for Steve Nash. And I think that that's something that people don't really know because Kai is a private person. It's a kickball tournament that he has that, you know, media comes out and, and sees. But Kai has participated in for two years from what I know. And, um, I don't know how much involved he was in that hiring process, but I know that he was pleased with the hire. Greg Popovich was a guy you know, that the Nets did have on the radar. Um, I can tell you that I spoke with someone who shared with me, Jason Kidd was on their preferred list. They actually hired, wow. from what I was told, they yeah. hired Atkinson to fire him to bring that kid <laughs> that Atkinson exceeded expectations. Right. That's wild. Um, and, That's wild. <laughs> Kyrie and KD respect you, but you're not a name to them. You're more of a, a minion than you are a name. Right. So the Steve Nash thing to me with no coaching experience is still interesting because I do believe that, you know, the coaching, the point guard position is an extension of coach on the floor. You know, the racial part was brought up in this particular case. I don't think race had anything to do with it. In other cases, not related to Brooklyn, I could see people's point of view. All right, And I think people are hypersensitive to it just because of the social climate that we're in right now. In this particular case, I don't see race being an issue, but I can see why people feel that way. I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, especially, you know, we're playing in a bubble right now that has the words Black Lives Matter on the court, and we're going through situations where, you know, black people feel like they're being looked over for certain situations and so in certain coaching jobs. You had Stephen A. Smith go off on a rant. And honestly, I feel like after Stephen A. Smith did that, it didn't get much traction. I don't really feel like a lot of people felt the way he felt. I feel like the general consensus among both white, black, Spanish, whatever, is what you said. I, I, don't, I don't think many people actually came to that conclusion. Two things can exist at once, right? Like, blacks can have harder times getting coaching jobs and, and other jobs within the front office, and at the same time, this could be a case where that wasn't the case. Like, both can exist at the same time, and I think that that's what it was. Yeah. I also think it's an age thing. Stephen A. Smith said what he said, and, and he mentioned it. It came from an old-school perspective that's still valid that our parents preach to us when you're when you're black or you're Hispanic you gotta be 20 times better than your white counterparts that's what you I'm I'm right. that's what my parents said to me growing up I'm sure that there was something similar said on your part at the same time I, I do think that racism is still alive and well but I also think that people hire who they know and who they're close to in this particular instance when you look at Steve Nash <laughs> um, in his situation I'll tell you a story so I tweeted maybe a couple weeks ago when Cliff Robinson died. Cliff Robinson was the first NBA player that I ever saw sneak a plate out of a media room and go about his business. I mean, he had three plates in his hand and he, <laughs> and he kept it moving. Right? God rest his soul. While I was around Cliff's team, that, that team happened to be uh, the Phoenix Suns. And being around that team, Jason Kidd was on that team, Steve Nash was on that team, Danny Manning was on that team. Right. Kevin Johnson was on that team. You know who else was on that team? Who else? Sean Marks. Oh. Sean Marks and Steve Nash were teammates. There's a relationship there. Wow. Didn't even know that. It all comes full circle. Let's move on to tweet number two. It's from Andy Nemedy, and he says... 
Pacers coaching search includes Becky Hammond, and I'm excited. Please pull the trigger. So, Scoop, what have you been hearing about the Pacers' vacancy, and is Becky Hammond involved? I haven't heard that, but what I will tell you is I have heard Dan Tony. I have heard whispers of Mark Jackson. Really? Former Pacer. Okay. I have heard whispers of him. Is, is he being blackballed? Yes, yeah, he is being blackballed. There are things that I have spoken to people about off record uh, concerning uh, his time in Golden State. And there's some things that went on that I'm hearing ownership still has a gripe about. Right. And it's carried over into his references and his recommendations when he moved elsewhere. I will tell you that I did speak with Mark Jackson on the phone a few weeks ago. He does have an interest in coaching. He does want the best opportunity. He told me that once... He gets his head coaching job. He will appear on Scoopy Radio and we will discuss it. Hey! Dope, dope. So Mark Jackson's up for the Pacer job, you're saying. Who else? You have D'Antoni, Mark Jackson, and anyone else? Those are the only names that I'm really hearing right now. Okay. Mark Jackson, I've heard D'Antoni. But to be honest with you, as it relates to Becky Hammond, I do think that would be a good hire. Becky Hammond is no slouch. She's going to hold people accountable. And as I reported a couple of weeks ago, there are teams who aren't interested in Victor Oladipo. As it relates to the Pacers, very interesting um, front office, very interesting future. I'm interested to see what happens in that coaching position, but I would like to see Becky Hammond uh, get a job, not just because it's cool to include women. Women should always feel included or be included, but I do think that she is a brilliant basketball player. I do too, and I hope that she does get her chance. It sounds like she is. It's just a matter of when and where. Last tweet is from... (laughs) Dumbass Knicks fan, and that's the name that he has. <laughs> At Nilakina is Bay, and he says, or she says, Mark my words, Billy Donovan is going to coach the Pelicans. Scoop B, what are you hearing about Billy Donovan? I think his days in the NBA are numbered. I, don't, I really can't see him returning to another team, but are you hearing Billy Donovan to the Pelicans? And if not, Billy Donovan, who? Well, I know that Wolves tweeted yesterday that the Bulls could show interest in um Donovan and I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago uh, which discussed uh, the Bulls coaching options um, what I can tell you about the Pelicans is no I, I have not heard that um, okay. about Billy Donovan but it's only been 24 hours what I can tell you as it relates to the Pelicans um, it's that, you know, I think I said this at the beginning uh, the Pelicans are monitoring Mike D'Antoni's situation and I can tell you that Mike D'Antoni and David Griffin have a relationship uh, going back to when David Griffin worked his early days in the front office with Phoenix when Dan Tony was there with Steve Nash. And I can also tell you that from someone that I spoke to, they basically shared with me that Pelican's job is Tyloo's job to turn down. Okay. So I know that there's been conflicting reports about whether or not the Sixers and Ty Lue will be a thing. Uh, it was shared with me that if, the, the, if Ty Lue does take that job with the Sixers, that James Posey could be one of his lead assistants on his bench, which makes sense because he was that when he was in Cleveland. I know that Ty Lue, you know, it is true that he wants a starting price of $7 million a year because the Lakers, I don't think, would even give him five. Right. Last, last offseason, and you know, that's what he wants. But um, I, I think that'll be an interesting dichotomy there. Um, I've not heard about Donovan, but 
I think Ty Lue or Mike D'Antoni uh, would work, particularly because both their systems are predicated upon running and your swing man or your power forward, small forward being, you know, the highlight of, of that offense. You know, I, I do think that Donovan, I'm not really sure how that would fit. I know that the Pelicans, I'll say that the talk is that Lonzo Ball, there's interest from a multitude of teams like the Knicks need a point guard. Sorry to tell you that Miss Neela Keena is back. Um, I, know that, I know that the Knicks are looking for point guard. And so you got guys like Van Vliet, Oladipo, um, as well as Lonzo Ball, um, who might be able to fit that bill. Uh, but as it relates specifically to Billy Donovan, I have not heard that. And to be honest with you, if I'm looking at the Bulls, to me, Kenny Atkinson would fit the Bulls to a T. Specifically because he has a college background, um, he has won national championships uh, with the likes of Al Horford as well as Joe King Noah. Uh, but also, um, he's had success in Oklahoma uh, with uh, the likes of Russell Westbrook, who was not always a day at the beach, but then you know was able to you know make some things happen and be a surprise fifth or sixth seed in the NBA's Western Conference. I mean, people wrote the thunder all. So I think that Donovan validated his NBA head coaching resume by what he was able to work with this season in a season where many people thought that the Thunder were washed because they didn't have Russell Westbrook. And many believed the only reason why the Thunder did not get rid of Chris Paul uh, was because the Thunder and the Miami Heat could not agree on a deal which would include Tyler Hero being shipped you know, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So um, I'm rambling, but I, I do think that Billy Donovan would fit a bowl system um, better than I think he would fit a New Orleans Pelican system. Scoop, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been real. Always good time. You spreading your knowledge. You letting me in on the inside. What's going on in these conversations behind closed doors. Definitely the real deal. Anybody who doubts him, you can go shove it because <laughs> you're just a hater at this point. Let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, on Instagram, if they want to keep up with you, if they want to follow you. Twitter, uh, at Scoop B. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure, most importantly, uh, that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, uh, which is Available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. Please make sure to also check out um, Heavy Live with Scoop B, uh, which is available through Heavy.com, uh, where I'm a senior writer. Uh, we have, at the time of this uh, recording, uh, we will have already had Michael Red uh, on. Uh, and, you know, we've got some surprises moving towards uh, the end of the month. So please keep looking, keep keep searching, and keep following everything that I have going on. All right, and I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore the dime is at the dime NBA. I'll see you next week for more dime. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Come on! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.